Welcome. It's Wednesday night. Uh, it's time for our Bible study. Turn, if you will, to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 9 is where we left off. And it says that, uh, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Christ Jesus. A lot in that verse, of course, the fact that creation is tied to Jesus Christ. That's found in uh, John 1, 3. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. And in Hebrews 1, 2, that uh, Jesus was also involved in the creation. And not only involved in the creation, all things were made by him, but he is upholding all things by the word of his power. So we definitely see that Jesus was in creation. And here... We're talking about a spiritual creation, the mystery, the fellowship of the mystery, the mystery of the church. And again, we talk, we mentioned the fact the church is alluded to, uh, maybe foreshadowed in the Old Testament, but not doctrinally mentioned. And now, here it is in the New Testament, revealed by Jesus Christ. And verse 10, it talks about divine knowledge is imparted to the church from on high, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known the church, by the church the manifold wisdom of God. And so Paul is saying now God is transferring his hidden knowledge, the mystery, to us as human beings here on earth. Divine knowledge imparted to the church from on high. And I'd like to share with you a verse in Hebrews. Let me get there. Hebrews chapter 3. Or, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. And it says, For the word spoken by angels was steadfast. And that will tell you that Moses, that, that's talking about the words, the commandments spoken uh, by Moses, because although he went on the mount to meet God, the angels helped the writing of the word on the stones. A uh, word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and confirmed unto us by them that heard him. So first of all, the truth of the church, the truth of the gospel was spoken by Jesus, and then those that heard him, that's the apostles, that's Paul, that's, uh, you know, uh, John, Peter, so on. And it says that uh, this word was spoken and not divine knowledge has been imparted to them. Now, in verse 11, we change gears a little bit, and we see that, it, that the curtain is torn down in heaven. The curtain of mystery is torn down. It says, according to the eternal purpose, which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So God had the church in mind eternally. God didn't just create Israel. And when, he, and when he saw Israel was failing, say, hey, I've got to come up with a new plan. Hopefully you don't think like that. And I hope you don't think God. Now, that's what we would do. We would say, hey, this isn't working. 
let's try something else. That's the way we do it. But God knew that Israel was ultimately going to fail. But he had to have Israel to bring the Savior into the world. You understand that? And then God purposed, in his eternal purpose, the church. So that was in mind. So God had that in mind eternally. Why? Because of Jesus. And Jesus would be the founder, the chief cornerstone, as it says, of the church. So God had that in mind when he began. He didn't just come up with that on the fly. God doesn't come up with anything on the fly. Everything that's going to happen is already settled in heaven, according to the eternal plan and purpose of God. It's already laid out. Uh, God knows what's going to happen tomorrow, next year, ten years from now, when he comes. That's all laid out. And, and God is viewing it from eternity purpose. We're in time. God's on the other end. See, God is at the beginning and end. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending. God knows no time. So to him, he's looking at a picture. And he sees... If you're looking at a picture of, a, of, let's say, a pastoral setting and there's flowers over here and maybe some deer over here and maybe a river over here, well, God sees the flowers, the deer, the river. He sees it all in a picture. So God sees past, present, future. It's to him, it's all a picture. And he has an eternal purpose. He's already worked that out. He's working his plan now. His purpose and will are being done. Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is going to be done. It is being done. And we need to understand that. Okay. Uh, and then uh, verse 11 uh, and 12. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Through Jesus we can come boldly to the throne of grace. And it's talking about access to God. Men did not always have that kind of access. We can go to the throne of grace, according to Hebrews 4.16. Go to the throne of grace, receive help in time of trouble, any time. We can come boldly. Why? Is it because we're good? Nope. Because we're, we're Baptist? Nope. Because we've been, whatever. We can come boldly. Why? It just told you, because of Jesus Christ. It, the faith of Him. Uh, according to the eternal purpose, He purposed in Christ Jesus. Because of Jesus we can come to the throne of grace. We can pray and God hear us. That's why God, when Jesus was being crucified, split the curtain of the temple. Why? The Holy of Holies was where God came down and dwelt. And the only person that could go in there was the high priest. God split the curtain because God said, from now on, everyone can come. Into the Holy of Holies. Everyone can come in and meet with me. And oh my goodness. And that's what kills me about the neglect of prayer. We have an opportunity daily, hourly. To talk to Almighty God. Through Jesus Christ. And we don't take advantage of it. It kind of makes you step back and say. What's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? We have some kind of flaw that God, the almighty God who created the universe, is waiting for us to talk to him and we don't take the time? Well, something might be wrong with us if we do that. Oh my, what an opportunity 
to speak to God that we have. We have access. We have boldness in access, it says here. And that's exactly what it says in Hebrews 4.16. Come boldly to the throne of grace. Uh, we're God, to God, and make our requests. Get help in time of need. Listen. That's a great thing. That's the, one of the greatest comforts of my life has been the ability to go to that throne of grace. And when you look at the storyline here, verse 13, Paul says, don't give up because of my tribulations for you. In other words, Paul said, don't be discouraged because of all that's happened to me. Bad. Paul had a lot of bad things happen to him. He'd been locked up. He'd been beaten. He'd been stoned. He'd been shipwrecked. He had fever. He was sick. And you look at Paul and said, man, that guy's beset upon. No. In all that was happening to Paul, now listen to me, you've got to be careful about healers and people that preach that kind of gospel. Paul was a man in shipwreck, beset upon, sickness, sentence of death, imprisonment. All that happened to him in the will of God. Sometimes it's the will of God to suffer. Paul said so. If you go over to 2 Corinthians 10 through 12, he'll explain it to you. He'll explain that his sufferings showed how powerful God is because God can lead you through the suffering. You know, it's not hard if God alleviates all your pain and suffering. You say, well, I can do great. Well, of course you can. You're not suffering. But what if God could lead you to be powerful and working for him in the midst of suffering? That's powerful. That's the grace of God. And that's something else. Paul said he besought the Lord three times to take away a thorn in the flesh. And God said, no, my grace is sufficient. I think about that sometimes. Uh, I have trouble with arthritis in my back. and my, I'm not going to go through all that. Somebody said, Pastor, what doesn't hurt? And I said, from here down. It's easier to tell you what doesn't hurt than to tell you what does hurt. And uh, the pain sometimes is bad. And so that comes from years of playing sports and football and, 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 and going through cancer treatments. And I don't want to go into all that, but... There's pain involved. But you know what? Every once in a while, a commercial comes on from the uh, Shriners about their hospital. Little kids without arms, little kids trying to walk, little kids in wheelchairs. And, I, and you know, after one of those commercials, I find that my back and knees don't hurt near as bad as I thought they did. Amen? The grace of God. The grace of God can lead us through a lot of things. And so Paul tells him, don't even be discouraged at what's happened to me. He says, which is your glory? And, and Paul is looking to those inner strengths and inner teachings to help him. And again, I don't want to go through Paul's tribulations. I suggest that you go to 2 Corinthians eleven twenty three through 30. By the way, it, it enumerates all his sufferings. And there are so many. Uh, and Paul talks about those sufferings. And then Paul says this. He says, not only do I have all the suffering physically and in every way. Sometimes he's been hungry and, and shipwrecked and snake bit and all the things that he went through. 
But Paul says, then I have the care of the churches. As a pastor, it's hard. I think of the stress and the care, and yes, there's a stress with it, of one church. How about many churches? Paul had the care and concern, I'll call it godly concern, for many churches. I don't really have stress, it's godly concern. For the churches. Can you imagine all that Paul had on him? The grace of God. Grace of God, my friend. Don't let persecution diminish your zeal. And that's what I put in there. Kind of saying that verse in a different way. Don't let persecution or problems or hurting or anything else. Don't let any negative thing diminish your zeal for Christ and His service. Amen. Verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He, He worships. He Bows his knees. That's the form of worship, by the way, uh, which makes more powerful the statement in Philippians, where at every at, in the end of time, every knee and every is going to bow and confess Jesus as Lord, because that's a form of worship. I asked the Jehovah Witness one time. They said, "Well, Jesus wasn't God." And I said, "Well, if he's not God, it would be wrong to worship him." They said, "Absolutely." And I said, so if I bowed down and worshipped him, it would be wrong. And I said, yes. And I turned to Philippians 2 and I said, at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I said, see, he is God. He is divine. Otherwise, that would be idolatry. God the Father would be asking us to commit idolatry. So if you're ever having concerns about Jesus being divine, just turn to Philippians 2. And it says, to the glory of God the Father. So uh, we know that Jesus is divine. He's the Son of God. He's co-equal with the Father in essence, and so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Uh, And here are spiritual blessings. And my question is, do we count them? Do we count our spiritual blessings? We say, okay, God gave me some money. I got my stimulus check. Yay, I feel stimulated. Uh, But do we count our spiritual blessings? That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Oh, wow. To have your, your spirit and soul strengthened by Jesus Christ according to the riches of his glory. And, and verse 17, And that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, which he does, that you being rooted and grounded in love. And we know that if we have that love, it's shed abroad in our hearts and that it overflows to others. Listen, if you want to know why people don't share Jesus, why they're not witnessing, why they're not having impact, one thing, they don't have the love of Jesus. They're not allowing the love of Jesus to flow through them. But to be rooted and grounded spiritually, wow, that's a great blessing. To know that Jesus is in us and he gives us this great, great blessing. And look, it goes on. That we may be able to comprehend. There, there's knowledge with it. With all saints, what is the breadth, length, and depth, and height of his love, to know the extent of his love. It's experiencing it. 
We know the love of God when we're saved, but then that is increased. We begin to understand it in a greater way. And, and this love of Christ is so great that it passes knowledge. And when we understand that, it says we're filled with all the fullness of God. Wow. That's why if you see a Christian who is unloving and unkind and hateful, beware, beware, beware. Because according to my Bible, it says if you're grounded in Christ, you're grounded in love and you know the love of Christ. And beware of the Christian who does not love. They may not, according to 1 John, be a Christian at all. The one two cases is true. They're either carnal as a Christian or lost. It's only two spiritual conditions they can be. If they're unloving and unkind, they're either carnal or lost. Backslidden or lost. There you go. Now to him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that works in us, this preached on that Sunday, God can do above in his power. And go back and listen to the sermon. Anything we ask or think, amen. Amen. And to him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ, by Christ Jesus. And there he calls it the church. He begins to use the word of the mystery and the fellowship together and call it the church by Christ Jesus. Throughout all ages, world without end, amen. So here we have that mentioned, the church, the church, the church. On this rock I will build my church. And here the mystery of them joined together is the church. And we give thanks to him for that. We're going to probably close there. And we're going to talk a lot next week about the... Uh, we're going to come back and I'm going to take up with verses 18 and 19 about experiencing love. Because I want to expand on that quite a bit. Love. How important is love? What's, what is our testimony to the world? Where did it, the origin of it? Through the Spirit, so on and so forth. There's a lot to talk about when you touch upon that word love, and I don't have 30 minutes to do it this, this time, but we'll do it next time in our Bible study. So we're just going to close right there, chapter 3, verse 21. We'll come back and take up with that idea of love, and then we're going to get into the idea of unity in the body starting in chapter 4. So come to, with us next time and be preparing. Read ahead. Read your Bible. Read Ephesians. Be prepared. God bless you for joining us this week. We thank you. Let's pray together. Lord, we come. We pray for the sick of our church. We pray for the sin sick of the world that are lost. We pray for the brethren, Lord. We lift them up. We thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.